This is an ABC podcast. We've only got two this month after the sack load we had uh, last month, but they're both doozies. We've got a bizarre love triangle from the director of The Greasy Strangler <laughs> and a pretty cool Last Man on Earth movie. True Cult. New releases with Alex Bonniewell. Welcome to An Evening with Beverly Love Lynn. There's an event tomorrow night at the hotel. An event? Remember the man in the plaid hat? Mr. Beverly. Beverly's a woman's name. No. It is a Scottish woman's name. I don't know what this event is, but Lulu's gone missing. Drive! Can anybody hear me? I'm trapped under the ice. Who is Beverly Laughlin? Although I don't know quite what's going on, I'm having a great time, Lulu. And you nailed it with these cheesy onion rings. Mm. I think you're the most beautiful woman I have ever met. Every girl needs a call. Am I looking forward to the event? It will be magical. Magical! 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 magical. Alex, this sounds like a fun release. <laughs> <laughs> this is excellent. Um, so this is from Madman. This is An Evening with Beverly Laughlin. And this is a, directed by Jim Hosking, who is the director of the equally bizarre The Greasy Strangler. Although this is not as weird and as disturbing as The Greasy Strangler, it's still pretty odd. So the marriage of Lulu and Shane Danger is breaking down. Her, this is after he feels he has to fire her from the fast food restaurant that she that he manages and she also works in. And it starts to go downhill pretty fast after that. Um, and Lulu finds out that an old flame, Beverly Laughlin, who's played by Craig Robinson from one of your favourite movies. He was Nick in Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, look, you're talking my <laughs> language right now, uh, Alex. Is <laughs> uh, performing not far away, and she does a runner with the man who, who's been hired to kill her, Colin, played by Jermaine Clement, who is the co-writer and co-director of What We Do in the Shadows. He was in Flight of the Concords, and he was Boris the Animal in Men in Black 3, which I didn't <laughs> realise. Um, so off they go to experience an evening with Beverly Laughlin for one magical night only. Whilst this is going on, husband Shane is trying to work out where Lulu is and he's also having to fend off Lulu's Indian brother, Ajay, who he ripped off and owes money to. Cue some excellent sweary scenes with Shane and Ajay in the fast food restaurant. Back at the hotel, the mysterious Beverly keeps postponing his magical evening much to the understanding but annoyance of the hotel manager and Bev's manager lover, Rodney von Dinkensteiger, played by Matt Berry, who's the least weird character in the whole movie. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, and he obviously promises to make the one magical evening go ahead. This is fantastically offbeat. It's Like I said, it's nowhere near as disturbing as the Greasy Strangler, but it's still pretty bonkers. This is an either love it or hate it movie. And much like The Greasy Stranger, I, I totally love this. God, it took me about 15 minutes to settle into this because the performances are pretty odd and pretty bizarre. It's like the actors have been told not to act or then exaggerate their performances in the most amateur way, but still act. <laughs> So, <laughs> Which seems really quite confusing if you've never seen the film and trying to explain that to someone. Yeah, it seems like it'd be very, very difficult for an actor to do as well because none of, none of An Evening with Beverly Laughlin comes across as natural. It all comes across as really oddly faked and pushed in different directions. It's really bizarre. I've seen a couple of people 
comparing this to kind of Wes Anderson films, but it's, it's uh, I don't know if Wes Anderson made a trauma movie, maybe would probably be, the, be, be the, the the best description of it. So if you've got people who've never watched a trauma movie but have watched Wes Anderson films, they probably go, oh, that means it's going to be really odd then and very quirky. And it is. But it's just, it's wonderful to watch. And just, like I say, you just sit there and go, this is really odd. And there's a couple of quite arresting scenes in it <laughs> that take you by surprise and you just kind of go, oh, I didn't expect that. Okay. <laughs> Which again... I really enjoyed that, that the fact that you, you think you're watching one, one movie and then all of a sudden something else happens and you're like going, oh, that's kind of nearly a timeout time. Okay. I, I particularly enjoyed Jermaine Clements in this dressed like he was from the 70s and acting like he was in some 70s film that was filmed in the Philippines somewhere that his mate was directing or producing. So we need someone, we need a hide killer. Who should we get? Jermaine is there. Jump in front of the camera. I've never acted before in my life. You'll be fine. It's got that kind of feel to it, even though you know that they're all very competent actors. It just feels like they're one of those kind of old 70s Roger Corman movies, but with Wes Anderson and Troma chucked into it. I feel like it's got a bit of kind of greasy strangler-ish feel to it in terms of the way that it looks. Yes. And sort of the way, I mean, I don't know, there's that weird, th- I don't, it's probably not weird, but it's that kind of look that Greasy Strangler has, which is, it, you know, certain colours are sort of very bright. It's kind of, I don't, I don't even know how to describe. What it, it, is. It, it doesn't look hyper real, but it doesn't yes. look natural either. Yes. It's there's something kind of artificial between. and something yeah, like polyester, like don't get too close yeah. to a flame because you could melt <laughs> type situation, isn't it? It, it just produces static just yeah. watching it. <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously, if you own Greasy Strangler, this is a film that you might have next to it. <laughs> yes. But what else would you consider in the vein of where you would add this in a collection? I don't know. It's it's, it's kind of like, um, oh, who's the, the British director? Is it Mike Lee, the British director, who just kind of does stories about nothing in particular? They don't have a kind of beginning, middle or end. They're just chunks of people's lives. But they're a lot smoother than this. But it's definitely got that. It's got a very kind of British feel to it. It's a very odd, surreal comedy to it. It's slightly Python-esque but kind of edges into that surrealness. It's got a bit mighty boosh in places, and that's not okay. just because Matt Berry's in it. <laughs> you know. So it's got that kind of slightly odd, slightly surreal feel about it, much like the Greasy Strangler had, but this just has, this hasn't got any of the kind of overtly kind of insane gore that the Greasy Strangler's got. Like I say, it just took it took me a little while to settle into it. Like I started watching, it just kind of hmm, this this is hmm, okay. I'll just relax with this and, and that let it says go. A lot, Alex, because you've yeah. watched some pretty strange things. So yeah. for you to be like, oh, it took me a while to kind of feel comfortable watching yeah. this. <laughs> I think I think it's Ajay that just completely threw me. I don't know. He's just he's just the the least actory actor in it. And all he does is kind of point and shouts and swears, but he won't resort to violent because he's, I think he's a Buddhist or something in the movie, but <laughs> just to be really shouty and sweary, which I, I really enjoyed. Just It was just this really abrasive performance that seemed, so, like I say, so completely faked and odd, but then everyone else did as well. But yeah, I this this is a, a proper 
cult movie. This is how I, I really I like my cult films to be when they actually they're aware of they're, they're going to be only for a specific audience and they're kind of going, we're just going to hone it towards you. That's what you you're going to get that. And if anyone else watches this, then they'll be going, what the? So I guess, like, there's a few of the movie forums on Facebook I'm on. And when everyone says, I'm going to watch The Greasy Strangler, half the comments go, the most amazing film in the world. And the other <laughs> half go, get back to us in 20 minutes, see if you lasted longer than me. This caters for the people that think The Greasy Strangler is one of the greatest movies in the world. And anyone else will just go, I have no idea. I don't know. This is painful. I can't watch this. If you're on the Greasy Strangler side of stuff and the trauma side and the bizarre British comedy side, you'll probably really love this. If you want something slick and more whimsical, comedy-wise, you're probably going to go, I don't understand. But (laughs) for the entire movie, Beverly Loughlin, as you heard in the trailer, just kind of grunts. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have no idea what, one magical evening with Beverly Loughlin is about until it happens. You're like, going, what, what is he? Is he someone called a psychic? Is, is he, what, is he read the future? Does he do magic? Is it a camera? You have no idea until you get to the point where the performance happens and you kind of sit there and go, okay, all right. And I won't tell you what they do because it was such a cool surprise me trying to second guess what the performance of Beverly Loughlin was and who his girlfriend was who's gone to see him and who his boyfriend is, who is his manager, etc., etc. So at the heart of it, you've got this really kind of sweet love triangle thing and people trying to find themselves, but it's just surrounded by this weirdness. <laughs> so you're essentially saying if you like brown velour bedspreads, yeah. this would be your film. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's along those lines, yes. Why are you still alive? Why are you? Has anyone ever told you your time will be here to die? Yeah, but they're all dead now. I have to tell you something. It's about where I came from. I don't know what I was doing when it happened. You keep your town nice and clean. And we do that with our people. Take me with you. Take your hand off the wheel. I feel so sad for you. There's no before. There's only from now on. So this is also from Mad Men. So this is uh, one of my favourite sub-genres, the the last man or person on Earth film where they think everyone else is dead and, and they're the only person there. But, you know, of course they're not. So this is directed by Reed Morano, who'd previously made three episodes of the TV show of The Handmaid's Tale, so he knows how to do bleak. This sees Dell, played by Peter Dinklage, as the last man on Earth. Uh, his days are filled with systematically clearing the houses in the town he lives in of their dead occupants, who, who he buries, and cleaning up the houses and taking any books back to the library where he now lives. He quite enjoys his life. He never really liked people anyway, so this is perfect for him. He's got order. He's got peace. There's a lake that the library looks over, and he can go fishing, so he, he's, he's pretty self-sufficient. But that all changes with the arrival of Grace, played by Elle Fanning, who was in The Neon Demon. And this really upsets his somewhat perfect routine. And now you get this kind of odd couple thing going on where she's a lot more chaotic. She, she leaves stuff lying around. She takes books off the shelves and puts them down. And she's not into 
the order of Dell in any way, shape or form. But they eventually try and get on and deal with the town as it is. So she starts helping him clean the houses and bury the dead, etc., etc. Because she's got a very slow pace. But I really like that in these kind of movies. It seems like... Because you're the last person on earth. What, what you're going to do after you've had your initial blast and... Hooray! Ooh, I can do anything I like. You start to settle into a routine. And as the film unfolds, the characters do as well and their predicament and the, and the slow realisation that things need to change but they also need to stay exactly the same. There's great performances from Dinklage and Fanning and this is a great addition to anyone who likes this kind of like lonely post-apocalyptic movie. Of course, in the the last third of the film, there's a bit more of a reveal mm. and, and, and you, you kind of feel quite sorry for Dell because his world has been turned upside down once already and it's about to be turned upside down again. I, I enjoyed this. I love the slow pace of this. I like all the... It's not necessarily washed out colours, but it's set in autumn in the States. So you've got the kind of greyer skies, the, the leaves on the floor. the Impending doom the, in the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's heading towards winter. Yeah. You, you're not sure when this, when this happened, but it couldn't have been that long. It would have happened that year by the look of it, because things aren't that decayed yet. So, you know, again, I also like it, but there's no explanation about what's happened. It's just, it's happened, and they're dealing with it. So, yeah, it's kind of reminded me of all the other kind of last People on Earth movies. So you've got the sort of Iron Legends, Omega Man, Last Man on Earth, Quiet Earth, also the start of 28 Days Later. That whole kind of, like, having to settle into the fact that you are the only one there... You don't talk, because what, why would you? You just get on with things. You'd either get lost in utter despair, you're the only person left, or you'll just go, right, I'm the last one here. But I love that this, this, is what I'm gonna do. this film is about a recluse feeling happy that he's, yes. <laughs> he's the yeah. only person and then worrying because there's someone else that's rocked yeah. up. It's, it's great, because you, you, Del isn't at all upset. That he's the only one there. He's he's he's, he's like, pretty say, he's, content. <laughs> yeah, he's got his routine and he's got his library and he can go. Oh, I can just read any book I like. Every time he cleans a house, he collects all the batteries, so he's all, always got a supply of power because you know no one's going to make any more because everyone's gone. So yeah, he's he's got his he's got his world sussed and everything. And and then it, say as soon as Grace turns up, he's, he kind of goes ah, oh, can I ignore <laughs> it? Go to bed. Maybe they'll go away. Maybe ah. they'll just leave. <laughs> yeah, you, you can see it in his eyes. Just kind of going, oh, really? I'd, oh, I've been waiting for this to happen. I'm the only one here. And now I'm not. Oh. Obviously gives up on that thought and deals with her and kind of says, you know, just just go away. She's gone, oh, no, you're, you're a person too. You're still here. So she's kind of quite excitable and he's a bit like, oh. <laughs> about it all. I just love that you describe the director, Reed Morano, as knows how to do bleak. Do you reckon that's on his LinkedIn and you could endorse it? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. It's like, I really hope that he's got some sort of a CV there where it's just like, things I can do, bleak. <laughs> <laughs> Endorsed by Alex Bonniewell, bleak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, you know, if you're a Rush fan, lots of Rush on this soundtrack, apparently. Yeah, it's 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 quite a fun soundtrack. I mean, that, that's kind of courtesy of Grace, I think. 
she seems like a party animal compared to Dell. And it's just brilliant scenes where they're driving around and she's kind of head banging in the car and he's just kind of driving. Hmm. <laughs> it looks like a slightly annoyed history teacher or something. <laughs> so, you know, I'm serious. This, I'm the last one here. Now you've spoilt it. <laughs> Do you think the tagline does it justice in the end? Chaos will find you. Um, that's a really odd way of looking at it because it's like, yeah, because Grace kind of personifies that chaos where he is, he is complete order and sensibleness. So maybe I think I think you you can't have one without the other. So you've got that kind of duality going on. So like I said, it's like, it's like that kind of odd couple thing, and and they kind of realise they've got to get on because otherwise there's no point. They both realise that you know they need a bit of each other to go into the future of this very lonely planet. This is Rihanna Patrick on ABC Radio. 